Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. The Flames are back on the ice tonight as they look to even up the series against the Edmonton Oilers in anime territory. You're Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you so much for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Odyssey, Audible, and YouTube as well. Free 99 anywhere, and I think that's the best part of it. (laughs) Tonight is do or die time, and no, it's not an elimination game. But the pressure is on. I think we talked about it yesterday in terms of the air slowly coming out of the flames tires and the gas kind of slowly draining. It's like when you get a nail in your tire and you know your tire pressure lights coming on and you're like, why? Like, I just filled this up yesterday. Why is this going on? You can't pinpoint it. And I think that's what's going on here. You can't let the Oilers go up three to one. That would be like the biggest disservice to the 2021-22 Flames or team. I think that that would just be absolutely disheartening and just the final nail in the coffin. So the Flames just kind of uh, deplete themselves and they they give up. They lose hope in themselves. And I've seen a few people say that this is like the Avs in Flame series back in 2018, 2019. And I am kind of questioning myself because I didn't follow the Flames back then. Is it because the Flames have only won one game so far? Or is the gameplay similar? Is there a similar disconnect? What is making it similar in that aspect other than the Flames being down in the series. Don't forget, the Flames are only down one game at this point. Like, the series could be tied in, like, in five hours, if that, right? And I do think that game three was a wake-up call. It was not this... It, it did not go <laughs> the way that anyone had hoped, unless you were an Edmonton Oilers fan. You know, Evander Kane scoring a hat trick on you is humiliating. Um, again, something we talked about yesterday was how embarrassing that was. But of course, you have to look at it from another point of view in terms of where can you make up for lost ground? The Flames were shooting the puck, right? They they just weren't communicating well. I feel like there were a lot of instances where this team just was not they weren't there. It was just like no thoughts behind their eyes or anything. And they just need, I know, I know for a fact that this team, this team is capable of getting into the groove again. Uh, All it takes is them scoring first. And I know, I know, I know they had a three goal lead in game two and then blew it. But I feel like, again, they had that wake up call in game two and three, but if they have some confidence behind them. I truly think that we're looking at a different game. We're looking at a different outcome and things like that. 
will they be able to find their groove if they're without Chris Tanev again? Um, maybe. Would it be easier if he was there? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? They have learned to make adjustments all season. And last series, as well as so far this series, and there hasn't been any word on lineup changes, but we also aren't at warm-ups yet. So we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what we could get tonight. And would it be very poetic for Chris Tanev to return tonight? Yes. Would it be nice to see him return Thursday night in front of the home crowd? Absolutely. Do I want to see Chris Tanev out on the ice if he's not 100% healthy? No. But if he feels like he can play, you know what? We'll let him play. Again, this is where hockey has this double-edged moral standing sword. I just, I'm not getting into that debate today. We'll handle another day, maybe in the offseason. But uh, I wanted to talk about some quotes from today's article or like the pregame notes, pregame article that the uh, Flames media team puts out every pregame, right? Okay, let me, sorry. We've been in this situation last series and that that gives us a little bit more con a little bit of confidence knowing there's a lot of hockey to be played said Noah Hannafin we're excited about the challenge and the opportunity for tomorrow today to tie it up and bring it back home I agree I think that that is kind of the part that a lot of people have already like checked out on like they they're done they think that this is over, like this like this is game six and they're packing it up and the Flames are going home, right? I don't think that's the case. And do am I necessarily fully 100% confident that the Flames could win this series? No. But do I think that they have a better chance than the Oilers? Yes. Um, I just, I think that there is just, even tonight's game, there is still so much hockey left to be played. And you just, all they have to do is go out there and play little mind games like they did with the Stars. Have that confidence. Who cares? Connor McDavid, Connor McShmavid. Who cares? Just go out there and play your best hockey. Like, there is absolutely a way to do it. And if I have to see Duncan Heath score another goal against the Calgary Flames, like, I might, like, hand this show over to someone else. I'm completely kidding. But it's just, it's, there are ways to silence these players who don't deserve any respect. And the Flames need to figure that out, okay? Another quote here is from Milan Lucic. Not just in last series. I think we've had, I think we've seen it a lot throughout the season. We've bounced back well and all that type of stuff. I think that's where this group has matured a lot compared to groups prior. It's going to be an exciting game tomorrow, tonight. And we better be ready for it. I agree. And I think that that is one of the things that this team does excel at, which we're actually going to talk about next. It is their ability to bounce back and to just move on, to move on and get over it, wipe their hands of it and go. And coming up next, we're going to talk more about their maturity and their uh, bounce back ability and why it's a necessity tonight. But let's take a quick break to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar that comes in a million different flavors. as high in uh, fiber, high in protein, low in carbs, low in calories. But now 
they also have brownie batter puffs. Brownies are delicious. You know what I love more? Brownie batter. Yes. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making brownies. And imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, one better than ever, the brownie batter puff. You heard me right. The puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried Built Puffs yet? I talk about them all the time on this show, that marshmallowy chocolate-covered goodness. They're about 140 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and enjoy yourself while doing it, right? And they are made with collagen protein, which helps your body absorb more uh, protein efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Get the brownie batter puff bars uh, at built.com and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto, and I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Uh, tweet at me if you want. Be nice. <laughs> this, this team is a lot more mature than former groups. Is it because... They finally have a coach who, number one, holds them accountable, but also knows what it takes to win and has this mentality of, you know, just one and done. Just move move on. You know, there's no point in dwelling in it. There's no point in celebrating one win. Like, you just you have to keep it moving. I, I think it could be that. I think that this team has one thing on their side and it is that resilience and it's that underdog mentality with a little bit of grit. Like they're just, they're capable of, okay, one and done. You move forward. You punch the time clock, you punch out, you go home and you do it again the next day. Right. It's the 60 minute games, the presser, you're done and you move on. Simple as that. And Daryl Sutter has been preaching that since he came in here. And I am very appreciative of this team and the players who have been able to take on that mentality and really use it to benefit themselves. And I think we are seeing a lot of that, especially with players like Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan. Even though he didn't really play a lot this season, I think that he, he was able to you know, kind of get over this hump of just dwelling in this like negative, this quicksand of negativity and letting it suck you in and dictate your season. And I think that the same thing kind of goes for when they win, you know, Daryl Sutter in game seven, uh, Johnny had the overtime winner and then he's right. He's like, he's happy, did that little clap. And then he was ready to head off the ice, right? It's like, Oh no, I got, I got to go shake hands. And it's just a very, it's very much like a one and done mentality because you have to keep it moving. There's no point in sitting in it and weighing, letting it weigh you down. And they've been, they've shown that they've been able to pick themselves back up after losses before, especially after bad losses. But I think back to January, this was kind of, the cause for concern for me, right? 
And this has been a lot of like people are like, was the Flames just kind of like a fraud? Like, were they kind of were they ever going to be legit? Um, and it was when they lost three straight, three horrible games to Carolina, Tampa, and the Panthers, and they were horrific losses. Like I'm talking like five to one, six to one, like just really bad games, and. It took them a little bit, but they went back and had a successful and offensively charged month of January. After those three games, they ended up winning um, a majority of their games. I didn't write the number down, but they ended up winning, uh, or sorry, scoring more three or more goals four times that um, that in the month of January. And that was the month that they set their new franchise record for shots against Columbus. They beat the Blues like 7 to 1 and then the Wild like 5 to 1. So they we know that they can score and we know that these losses aren't going to keep them down for long. But I have a feeling that tonight we are going to see more of a Daryl Sutter style hockey. We are going to see Kind of like how John Tortorella used to just like boom, boom, like the players would just be like in your face. Like if you're watching, if you're just not watching on YouTube, you're probably like, what did she just do? But you know, they're just in your face. They're ready to pounce, but in a way that's not going to get them penalized, which we're going to talk about next because we are on some uh, people by people's list. I mean, DPOS, DOPS rather. <laughs> and uh, we're on their list, but you know what? The Flames have the ball in their court. This is a matter of them playing an effective game, not letting the Oilers get under their skin, and bouncing back. There is still so much hockey left to be played if they can tie this up tonight. Do I want to see them go down three to three games to one when they head back home? Absolutely not. Do I want this to be two and two when they go back? Yes. Do I have a prediction? No. But we are absolutely going to see this team exhibit their mental strength tonight. I absolutely think that that's going to be the case. I think that this team is going to really come out looking different from how they've played in the series so far. But I think we're going to recognize how they're playing against similarities to how they played against Dallas simple as that and excuse me coming up we are going to talk about the keys to win because I think that there are some areas of improvement that the Flames clearly have and I look forward to talking about that with you thank you so much for tuning into Locked on Flames as always please subscribe like and follow the show wherever you're tuning in from it's always a pleasure to have you keys to win You know, normally I do like players to watch or, you know, takeaways from a previous game and how we can turn them around. But I think that we need to talk about the keys to win. We need to talk about the elements of the game and the fundamentals for this team. Not because they're bad, not because they're getting entirely lost along the way, but because it's just a nice little reminder. It's all connected. When we're playing our best, we're playing well without the puck. It's all connected. We've 
We've been a good offensive team this year, team all year, said Kirk, Kirk Miller. We play the right way. We work together, and we just have to get back to that level again. Facts. We've always done a good job this year of responding, and we've been <laughs> we've got some good hockey players, we've got some good skilled players, and we've got some good competitive players. We'll tweak some things and get ready for that game. That's literally it. That's all you need to do. So, again, there does not need to be any sort of major, like, life-changing, life-altering line changes or anything like that. Like, the tweaks are there. You literally just have to plug and play. And I think that that's, that's one of the major keys, you know. But another thing is the penalties. I want to stop face palming whenever there's a stoppage of play when Trevor Lewis is on the ice, okay? I am tired of him taking these penalties, allowing the Oilers to have a man advantage. You are too old and too much of too experienced to be doing this kind of Bolshevik. Okay? We're moving on. We don't need this anymore. And have fun filing for retirement at the end of the season because I, I just yeah, killed any chance of being re-signed here, I think, with all these penalties. This whole dry sidle thing. All eyes are on the flames right now. Because of that clip where the three different three separate flames, I'm not even sure who it was, were targeting dry sidle's ankle. Now, let, let me, let's rewind, okay? Let's rewind. Maybe, maybe he shouldn't be playing if his ankle is, number one, that, that big of a problem, right? Like, I, I don't think that there are many instances of player like multiple players in a game targeting a specific player's like limb but number one the flames should cut the shit and stop doing that but number two if you're that worried about his ankle don't have him play i'm sorry but if the flames even think about breathing and drive Seidel's direction tonight. Someone is facing a suspension. Someone is facing a suspension. If Leon Dreisaitl trips over himself and he goes down, the closest flame in that proximity will be suspended. There is not a doubt in my mind that there will be some way to twist this to make the flames look even worse. There's just no way. Absolutely. And I... I don't think that it's appropriate for the Flames to be doing what they're doing. First, I don't condemn that. And I don't want to sound like I'm condoning them, like targeting him. Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. No, don't go after players' ankles, especially a player you know is injured. Like, don't be dirty. That's, so, that's such like a scumbag thing to do. But, like, Nazem Kadri, like, there was an intent to injure him last night. David uh, Perron, and he gets a $5,000 fine for a whole different incident, but not that. Are we keeping the same energy all around? No, we're not. 
So, you know, I just think that the Flames just need to uh, steer clear of him. Do not touch him. Do not poke him. Do not look at him. Do not touch his stick. Do not do anything. Don't do anything. Look at him. That's it. But the, I just I think that the Flames just need to figure out how to shut down this first line. Setting out your fourth line to do it is not how we're going to – it's not going to get done. This this is exactly how someone's going to get freaking suspended, and it's going to be Lucic. Lucic will be who's suspended because they're making up for that charging call on Mike Smith. By charging, I mean he did not charge. But they're gonna, Luch is going to throw a hit on Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl is going to have his ankle hanging like a wiggly tooth out of his mouth, and he's going to be done for the season. And then it's game over. You lose Lucic. You're for, like you are literally just playing with funny, funny, funny fire. But there, there just needs to be ways for this team to get it together in order to win tonight. And I'm not entirely sure that this is the move. I'm a little nervous because sometimes this team does really stupid stuff. And I think Milan Lucic throwing a, a not so great hit on Leon Dreisaitl is going to end up being one of those things. I do. I think it's. I think it's going to be that. <coughs> but thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked On Flames. Hopefully, we head into uh, tomorrow with a tied-up series, and the Flames are heading home with a victory. And uh, I will catch you then. Bye-bye.